You're on mute. You're holding it upside down. It's just pointless. Uh, if just let me finish. Start again, start again, start again. No, that was actually quite funny with me stopping and saying it's upside down. What was he holding upside down exactly? Maybe we'll never know. Welcome to Nothing to See Here with Darren and Stephen. A conversation between two quite brilliant minds. Probation. This is about the 25th time. 26th time. No, 27th take we've done for this episode. Um, I've lost interest now, really. No, start again and do what you were going to do. Just fucking pretend I'm not here. Just do... (laughs) That's really easy. Just look, I'm going away. Can you see what this cheese is? It's handmade something or other. It's Limbank Farm handmade cheese. It's cranberry cheddar cheese. Just like, you can see that one. And then just like... Pickles. So you've arrived and there's cheese and, and smoked and vintage. I did all this originally when you were. Yeah, but when there. the sound was shit, you need to start again. And action. So. And action. So. And I'm going to do the three, two, one thing, silent thing. because it's. Uh, a podcast. And three, two, one. So. Action. I... Q1. Uh, sorry, I'm not wearing anything in my ear. That's not going to work. Hang on. If you don't shut up, I will literally go when you say go, and I will not come back. And action. So I have no idea what's going on now. I am now looking at two jars of pickles, vintage cheese, smoked cheese, and Lumbank handmade cranberry cheddar. Go, Stephen. Q1. There, when I came into this meeting, there was a very nice American woman's voice said, this meeting is being recorded. Q2, go Stephen, describe the American voice that describes arriving at the podcast and, and go Stephen. And the menu came up saying, this is being recorded, do you want to leave the meeting? And it was very, very tempting. And it still is actually very tempting for me to just leave the meeting. Coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming. Darren's coming home. All right, me artless snail paste pin buttock. Oh, we're not doing Shakespeare again, are we? We're doing box of words every episode now. Yeah, it's become. Oh, so you're just creeping to Mrs. Plover. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what. Why you're talking about Mrs. Plover? Uh, I have my box of words that I provided myself due to uh, copious amounts of uh, disappointing adults. So, how are you doing? So, you've come home. Obviously, you've been absolutely nowhere, but you're imagining you've been somewhere. You've yep. come home. You've got your pickle jars and your handmade cranberry smoked vintage cheese. Well, Stephen, I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but actually, I've had my second pandemic birthday. And uh, as part of my second pandemic birthday, I got sent a very lovely platter of cheeses, which were really lovely. So... 
I've got some very beautiful cheeses. And obviously, as you know, as listeners know, I've also been pickling during pandemic. So to go with my lovely homemade cheeses for this episode, I've got some homemade spicy pickled onions and I've got one of the biggest successes of the pandemic. I didn't think it would work, but it's beautiful, which is sweet pickled garlic. Yeah, no one's interested. And we're not doing birthday two. Birthday one was bad enough. Uh, We're not. We're not having another one on your birthday. But can I still eat cheese? No, because the one time that I ate in this podcast, which was your last birthday when I made you a cake and then jokingly ate it at my end because you couldn't have it, I got a load of moaning about you can't do this podcast with your mouthful eating. And then ever since, practically every other podcast, you've had some food going down your gullet. Yeah, but the thing is, when I eat in a podcast, it's art. And when you do it, it's just annoying. I'm too tired to respond. <laughs> and of course, there are reasons I'm tired. Are there really? We'll, we'll re- go into those a bit later. Oh, I'm so, oh my God. Is this your new style of podcasting? You're going you're gonna to work the second half. You're going to do Story Hill each podcast. You see, if you cared about me. Right, which I don't. Which you don't. You would know the joke of Story Hill. So yeah, we start but, there. If you want to do some... Hang on, no, 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 sorry, 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 sorry to stop you. But one, I don't care about you. And as a result of not caring about you, I don't care about this story. So I don't know why you're still carrying on sharing it. Well, I'll mime the story and you can just describe it. Then you don't have to hear it. So Stephen's sticking his hands in his pants. And and he's like, now he's stuck his tongue out and he's like licking his lips. I'm not very comfortable with this because I thought he was going to do some sort of thing about a story hill. And now he's licking his lips and now he's rubbing his... I mean, I can't see his... Oh, no, now he's pointing the camera at his groin. Don't, you did this before. And you've got he's got the same stains on his trousers, the orange juice stains that he had way back in the pilot episode. That is very scary. Is this the, is this the sort of description that you wanted me to be doing? Can I just check? It's, it's so tempting to actually do what you're describing. <laughs> but you're too tired. But I was doing a story mountain, no, a story hill with my, because of the, obviously the sound of music is not set in the mountains, it's set in the hills of Austria, the famous Austrian hills. No, um, come on, come on. You can't win this little smug point. Clearly the sound of music is set in the Austrian mountains, but the poster, the moment, the song, she is running across hills. You have hills and mountains together. I can't believe you've tried to return to this point to try to win it. You are not going to win it. Well, at what height does the hill become a mountain? We don't know what height she's at. It could be a small mountain. She does not sing. The mountains are alive with the sound of music. She we does don't... not sing, climb every hill. So did you have a nice birthday? I don't even know where we are now. Where, how did we get on to this? Why was I doing Story Hill? I've got no <laughs> idea why you were doing Why? You put oh, hand... because I kept saying, well, we're hearing about that later. Yeah, because you put your hand in the trousers and then you licked your lips. Is that my new default um, framework for the podcast? Yeah, you're going to do like a second half. You're going to build up to the second half and then everybody, like really bad sex. Everybody's going to be really disappointed and you're going to be like, oh, this has never happened to me again. Usually the second half of my podcast is so bang on, but I've had a bit of a difficult day and the maid wasn't putting out... um, and and I'm yeah sorry I've let you down. It's never happened to me before. Uh, I need to go and buy some of the cheaper Viagra because I'm not prepared to buy the more expensive stuff. Because I'm. So tired. would you like to tell us a bit about more about your bad sex experiences? 
I don't have bad sex experiences. <laughs> I don't believe in them. Good. Just like to say, listeners, Darren is looking extremely smug at that comment. So, um, story holes. Okay. I don't, I don't know where we are now. Completely lost. Oh, you've, you're on the sparkling lemon water. Uh, it's not, is it not sparkling? Is it still lemon water? No, sparkly water. Oh, sparkling water, because it's dry June. It is dry June, because I... Very hot, very hot outside. It's very hot outside, isn't it? I'm surprised you've got clothes on, actually. Actually, I'd say I did toy with coming naked this evening. <laughs> but then I was like, no, that's more effort than wearing my clothes. So how's your two weeks been, Stephen? Well, actually... Not so bad until I said the most stupid words I've ever spoken in my life came out of my mouth and they were, let me know if there's anything you want help with, Darren. And ever since I said that, life's been quite stressful. Really? Yeah. So are you not enjoying babysitting my goldfish? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, so I've discovered basically why Darren's got no friends, why no one is prepared to work for him. Or if people do work for him, they just work for very short periods and then they disappear. On a one-time basis. Yeah. One of the most annoying things he's done this week is sent an email. Well, he didn't. Most emails have come through from him demanding, I just do this, that, and the other. No, please, thank you. Could you? Have you got time? I'd be really grateful. If nothing, just, just not even instructions, just lists. Uh, one of them was um, a, meet, a sort of meet this person type no, it wasn't. It wasn't even that. I got copied in on it and uh, quite an important person. I wasn't told who it was, but I had to ask and find out later. And I was introduced to this person by email as Stephen Timpson. What's lovely about this is that I've seen your email to management and I've seen the promises that you've made and already you're breaking one of the promises. But we'll come back to your email to management in a little while. However, that's yet another one of your lies, like the mirrors in the bedroom, like the waterbed yada 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 it's like it's not okay just to make shit up i introduced you to my professional colleague as my wonderful friend and colleague stephen thompson thompson yeah please do not misquote me it's not okay (laughs) i stand i humbly apologize i was wrong listeners it was stephen thompson t-h-o-m-p-s-i-n i see i'm in a dilemma because i kind of want to point out your holes but at the same time I don't want to lose you as a co-presenter because if we have to employ someone else, then I have to do this properly. Whereas at the moment, I'm just cruising on my excellence. I'm, I'm a bit busy at the moment. I don't know if you're aware, doing a lot of laying about. Um, I don't want to have to up my game from cruising on high excellence. I don't want to have to up it to excellent excellence. So I'm a little bit, you know, trepidatious about you going. I do want to point out to listeners that you are poking at my disability not poking your disability you deliberately wrote Stephen Thompson the, yeah. whole, the rest of the email was perfectly written you even sent me I asked for a description of something and Darren sent it to me and said please check this for uh, grammatical errors spellings etc and etc and it was word perfect sometimes I get it right other times I get it right yeah funny how it's my name isn't it when the, suddenly the dyslexia and I'm doing the inverted comma sign here just to offend Darren Moore. The dyslexia kicks in when he's writing my name. Now, we, so your complaint was what? Sorry. <laughs> God knows. 
anyway, I've, I've been doing absolutely nothing today. I've had a really quiet day of just laying around in front of Darren doing absolutely nothing. It's been marvellous. You did send a very lovely email to management, though, didn't you? Although that wasn't today. That was a couple of days ago. I have no memory of it. Would you like to jolt my memory and, and the list, let the listeners know in the, at the same time? You've got it. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? <laughs> yeah, you can read it. Really? For obvious reasons. Obvious reasons being what? <laughs> I never wrote an email. You never wrote an email to management? No, it's your art. So let's get it out of the way. I resent the fact that your trials and tribulations with management, which I'm still exposed to, despite asking to be removed from, because I feel so compromised, I resent the fact that you're pretending that that is my art. Are we going to hear the email? No, we're not going to hear the, hear the email. I'm not going to read your email out. That would be really inappropriate and unbounded. Well, you read my reference out. Which I wrote you because it was supportive and loving. Listen, I'll do like a bullet point summary thing. I'm not reading the whole email out. That's really inappropriate. I can't believe you're putting me in this position. So you clearly had a meeting, which understandably I wasn't invited to. It sounds like it went almost well. You didn't upset that many people. I'm trying, obviously, I'm trying to be a bit boundary because one of us has got boundaries, one of us hasn't. So I'm trying to be a little bit boundary here and just do a bit of editing and a bit of censorship. So forgive me, listeners. There's just some things that are a little bit inappropriate for the podcast. But no, in my editing right now, what we're driving towards is, is keeping Stephen at least till we can find a better replacement. But, but No, you said you want a worse replacement than me and then you don't have to get better than you already are. Yeah, because I've spent my life overcompensating for inappropriate adults. Then I came to a podcast that you asked yeah. me to do and spent a year and a half of my life yeah. overcompensating no, for another... No, 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 you're wheezing out of this one. You just said looking for a better person than me, having already said that you're actually looking for a worse person than me because you're so good. So yeah. is it someone worse or is it someone better you're looking for? I'm not looking for anybody. I only want to do this podcast for you. I meant to say with you and I said for you. That's very Freudian, isn't it? That's how much I love you. That's how, do you see? I don't even want to do this podcast for me. I want to do it for you. That's how much I love and care for you. To summarise, so you had a meeting. Apparently it went almost well, was what I heard, because I got a separate email from management. Obviously. Obviously. When we were deciding what we were going to do. Um. So as part of your final written warning thing, apparently you did some goal setting. So basically, my understanding is to the meeting, you took a new jingle for the football section, which included Lisa. And that was your seduction into the meeting. Uh, Everyone was a little bit, my understanding, this is my interpretation, by the way, not the facts of the meeting. You can have a response by any means. So everyone was a little bit seduced by that. And you were like, listen, guys, I get it. I've been a bit off my game. I've been taking Darren for granted. I've been leaning on him a little bit too hard. You know, I mean, Darren's clearly wonderful and I've got a little bit lazy, but I don't want to lose this job. It's the only thing of any purpose that I have in my life. And if you take this away from me, I will be jumping off Waterloo Bridge. So apparently... You came up with a strategy to keep... I'm so not comfortable with my own job. There's a a lot of apparentness in this. (laughs) Yeah, because I wasn't there. I mean, I wish I had been. Anyway, 
So apparently you said, because uh, I've had it all secondhand from Rita in, in uh, HR. So to be fair, to be honest, I got Rita a little bit drunk and asked her to dish the dirt. So fair play, Stephen Thompson. Notice I got your name right for doing a new jingle with Lisa at the end of it. Beautiful seduction. Uh, Did you hear the jingle? Uh, I think are we going to hear it for the first time in this episode, or are you saving it for next week? <laughs> well, that's up to you, isn't it? No, it's not up to me, is it? It's your jingle. You made it. I have not done a jingle, and I'm not going to do a jingle for next week because I'm too busy doing nothing at the moment. I'm too busy doing nothing to be able to do a jingle for next week. I don't know how to help you because apparently every spare moment I'm doing nothing for you. I don't know how to help you because apparently in your meeting with management, you told them that you'd reframed the jingle <laughs> to make sure that it included Lisa, just in case people thought you were prejudiced, sexist, or had isms or a bit Marsmore Hill. So actually what you'd done was you'd added Lisa to the introductory jingle. So I'm a little bit confused about what to do with this bit, but let's skip over that and you can decide how to manage your life later. Apparently... You're also, you've also committed, I find this one difficult to believe, but don't, by all means, edit that out. You're going to stop telling lies, like the mirrors in my room, the waterbed, that sort of thing. Apparently, you're going to try and do, you're going to try and mirror my way of being in this podcast, which is just truth speaking the whole time. Apparently, you're going to aspire to that. Um that will help you be a better presenter. I like that aspiration. I'm not sure I believe it, but I, li- I like it. It's, you know, smart goal setting. So I can't make a joke about you having mirrors on your wall and a uh, ceiling and a waterbed, which listeners know full well is just me being funny. I can't do that anymore. Whereas you can joke about my maid that doesn't exist. Yeah, again, he denies the maid. That's not okay. Can you see... I'm trying to help you here. Can you see how hard you make it for yourself? I don't understand what's happening here. But the only bit of truth you've said about my life is that I live in Muswell Hill. And you've got a maid. I don't have a maid. And a boat called Muswell Hill Mary. Oh, we haven't heard about the boat much, have we? And your flat is a shit pit. All of those things are true. No, none of that is true. Yeah, it is. Your your kitchen cupboards fell down because there was so much stuff on them. <laughs> can you? Can we? You're not. Do you know management are going to listen to this episode? I'm trying to help you. The my art today was trying to help you, and you're destroying it. Funny how there's been no comeback from management on your misdeeds from a couple of weeks ago. That's all gone silent, hasn't it? Are you talking about my mispronunciation of Patrick Evra's name? Yes. Yeah, I would like to apologise to any French people that are called Patrice. (laughs) Can we move on now? Can we go back to your letter? There we are. So can you see how, unlike the Tory government, I do admit my mistakes and I do apologise. So your job's not in danger, but mine is. My job was never in danger because I do it well. Your job, however, has been on the line for the past three episodes. I'm trying to save it, but you're making it very difficult. Can you see how hard it is for me? So what was management's conclusion from my email? Hang on, give me, I'm just looking it up. I'm going to read it. Oh, so it's, not, it's not bullet points now, you're reading it. No, I'm reading their reply. 
Mm. I, I would the bullet points that I was reading were the your pledges were your smart goals. Smart goals. Yeah. I don't know what a smart goal is. Is it a seagull that's got like a little bow tie and a tuxedo? No, they are goals, <laughs> Stephen Thompson, that are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time sensitive. So basically you give yourself a time factor. So you don't just go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to stop with the prejudice and isms. And everyone's like, yeah, but when are you going to do that by? And you're like, oh, you know, let's see what happens. It's like, no, no, it's like, I'm going to do this thing by this time. I'm proud of you for negotiating that with management. Well done. The podcast jingle you're going to change for this podcast, beautiful. Uh, Stopping lying. Apparently that's the immediate effect. Turning up on time. Apparently that's with immediate effect. The next one, apparently you're going to provide some content. I love that. You're going to, not only are you committing to providing some content, you're, you're committing to providing more personal and more real content. I'm looking forward to that. Other goals that you set included doing better listening. Uh, and that was with immediate effect. You've set yourself quite a high bar because most of these are with immediate effect. Apparently, you're going to do better speaking. Got better than your speaking. I d- it just says that apparently one of the things that you agreed with Madgeman <laughs> was that you're going to do better speaking. And apparently you're going to do better all round. I think you could be better at being round, which is what which which is what's happened with you during the pandemic. But I think being better all round, I think that's a bit ambitious. Your last two goals I really appreciate though. And this is why I'm hopeful for our future, which is apparently you committed to taking the technical refreshment course. <laughs> we haven't heard from her up north, have we, for a while? Just give me a second. Ugh. Hi. Deborah Von McFitty here from Von McFitty Stage School in Geisley. I just wanted to let you know that we've got some very exciting news and a huge thank you too. Thanks to the support of our wonderful visiting industry professionals, including, of course, the delectable Darren himself, who thrillingly announced with his too skillful, passionate mastery recently, Von McFitty Stage School is pleased to announce that we have just successfully applied for accreditation from Conservatars UK. And so, from September 2021, we will be offering fully accredited training, including our Help Up slash Age Concern funded technical refreshment course. So come on, Stefan, get you on that lovely, sexy cast of yours open off for September. And lovely listeners, please do visit vonmcfittystageschool.co.uk for more details and to order a free prospectus. Von McFitty Stage School, the North's other great angels. <laughs> You're not going to let that one lie, are you? I don't know what you mean. Mistakes, age... I'm not sure what your point is. And what's conservators or whatever she said? Conservators, you do such bad listening. Conservators, what are conservators? I think I think they might be some sort of uh, accreditation body for drama schools. Oh, really? Never heard of them.
Did you? Is that where you spent your three years then at McFitties von Sage School? When I was training just a few years ago, it didn't exist. They're a relatively new setup, which is why they're so excited about having got accreditation. How cool is that? So they've got accreditation, and I've now committed myself to going up north and doing the yeah course. And I where's she based? Geisley. Oh, Geisley. That's not near. That's different to Gateshead. I mean, they're both up north, aren't they? But it's different to Gateshead. They've yeah. just got a gut sound in common. Yeah, I think you're being. I think just because something's up north, I don't think it's near each other. I think no. you're. I think you're doing prejudicenisms. <laughs> Being a northerner myself. Exactly. So what's the next thing I've committed myself to? I love this and I'm touched in all of the right places. Apparently you're up for having a podcast masterclass with me. <laughs> I Do you know what? I think that shows a lot of maturity <laughs> and sophistication and personal growth and development on your part. We can do that. Let me know when you want to do that. Let me know when you want me to clusterly master you. So yeah. basically, I've got to do a lot better. I've got to go up to Geisley and do a technical refreshment, of course, that's now accredited. And yep. I've got to do a podcast masterclass with you. Yep. Do you want to record the masterclass and put that out so listeners can get a real insight into the way you, you know, you and your art? You know, I think that's such a good idea, isn't it? We could put like an online masterclass out. And we could charge to download it. Nice. I like it. So the burning question is, how was your birthday? My birthday was very lovely. Because all I got was I sent lovely presents, listeners. I sent lovely texts to him. Uh, absolutely had nothing all day. And then at quarter to 11, uh, as I was going to bed, really rushed phone call saying, uh, got the gifts, thank you. They're being regifted. They're in the pile. Not quite sure where to put them, what to do with them. Uh, I had a really nice time till you later, and that was it. Mm -hmm. It was one of the rudest responses I've ever had in my life from a friend. Really? Friend in inverted commas, it's becoming now. I was going to do a surprise thing for you on Saturday, but I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, thanks. Fucking lot. That's nice, isn't it? You didn't put that in your email to management, did you? No, I should have done that. Would have got me quite a few bonus points, wouldn't it? It would have done if you'd done it. Yeah, but, but the fact is, I had that thought. No, you can't. You're not going to get any points from management for having the thought. They're looking for smart goal setting. We've talked so about what nice presents. Did you get? I got some lovely homemade penguins. Just happens to have them to hand. Yeah. It's multicolored penguin. Paper mache sort of thing. Who made that? A child? No. Can you see your prejudice and isn't so fucking? Well, because I was if I was going to be rude about it, and then I thought, well, if it's a child, I don't want to hurt the child's feelings. Too so late. You just said it was it made by a child. Too late. I'm not. Oh. You know what? I'm not showing you anymore my birthday presents. I oh, can go on. Don't, don't be so. No, I don't want to. Me. I'll show you the regifting pile if you like. So, all the things I've been sending. That was another ridiculous conversation I had by text with you. I've been sending listeners. I've been sending Darren. Uh, some of you may or may not very know British, very British problems, which is a Twitter thing. And they've just brought a book out and they're just things that the British say. And quite a few funny ones come up on Instagram. So I've been sending them through to Darren to enliven his day, cheer him up a bit because he's not doing anything. And obviously he's bored. And um, I just then got a complaint that I 
couldn't see any of them. Uh, hasn't got an Instagram account. Why are you sending me all these things? Stop. And as I pointed out, well, if you'd said that after the first one, I wouldn't have sent you any more, but I've sent about 10 and never said anything. I got two very British problems t-shirts, which have gone into the re- gone into the gifting pile. Yeah. Would you like to say what's on them? Um, you can't remember. No, yeah, I can. There was McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's burgers for all, 99 cents. And then the other one was down with anybody that doesn't live in Muswell Hill. It was, it was beautiful. They were both, I liked both sentiments. No, so one of them said, This is fun. Well, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one said, Which is basically about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one said, which I thought was unbelievably Darren, in bigger letters, let's agree to disagree. And then in smaller letters, you're wrong, but I'm just too tired to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was very truthful. Yeah. And I noticed that was one of your goal setting uh, aspirations in your email to management. So well done. Oh, I'm doing quite well then. Yeah, no, you're doing all right. So did you get any other messages or anything on your birthday from anyone? Hello, darling. This is Mrs. Plover. Now, look, I've had, I've had, I've had one or two. I have to say, I did have a pims. Couldn't resist. This young man came round and offered me a pims. I just couldn't resist. Anyway, I'm feeling a little tiddly, but I just wanted to call up and say happy birthday, dear. Happy birthday, Sharon. Oh no, sorry, not Sharon. I meant. It's Darren, it's Darren, isn't it? You know, I didn't really ever catch your names. I, I can't ever catch your names. I can't really catch your words. But anyway, darling, listen, I do hope you're having a lovely time. And um, perhaps you've written me a nice poem. Have you written me a nice poem, Sharon? Have you, have you written me a nice poem? Darling, listen, I think you're wonderful. You may not be able to speak quite like me, but you know, we're not all born with that sort of talent, are we? Anyway, darling, do send me a poem about the bird. You know the birds, the bees and the birds? Do do send me something through, won't you? And maybe I'll put it up at school and, well, you know, if it's appropriate, I'll, I'll read it out loud at assembly. Toodaloo! So that was nice. No idea what she said. Can Funny, because you... she can't understand what you say and you can't understand what she says. Can you translate, but do not take as long as she took to say what it was that she wasn't saying? She didn't say, happy birthday, she's a bit tipsy, a young man had brought her some pims around, have you written your poem about the birds and the bees? Right. And she did call you Sharon, and she said she didn't understand you speaking, but you're not as talented as she is. Right. I did write a cuckoo poem, but now I'm not sure I can find it. That's annoying. Shall I read my cuckoo poem while you're looking for your cuckoo poem? Go on. Stephen's torment or the villanelle of the cuckoo. Stephen couldn't stop thinking about the cuckoo. It was so solitary and grey. Never had he had such a thing to pursue. That morning, Stephen ran fast to the loo. He then found himself shaking all day. Stephen couldn't stop thinking about the cuckoo. That night, Stephen was sleepless through as he tried to make his focus stay. Never had he had such a thing to pursue. Mrs Plover said, 
The cuckoo's not the issue, said it was time to start writing a play. Stephen couldn't stop thinking about the cuckoo. Stephen took action like a corkscrew. The cuckoo was his two-note prey. Never had he had such a thing to pursue. Stephen's demise became overdue, his mind dissolving in quiet disarray. Stephen couldn't stop thinking about the cuckoo. Never had he had such a thing to pursue. What was that? What was what? Sticking two fingers up at me. I was counting. What, the seconds until it's finished? Yeah. That was beautiful. I wasn't... I wasn't listening, but it was beautiful. I was totally listening. You said some words. Did it have a beginning? Yeah, and a middle. It was like a story mountain. Very sophisticated. Well done. That was very beautiful. This is why we need to hear your poem, which you've lost. No, I've got it. Thanks. Come on then. So there's a difference between me and you, just so we're clear. Sleep I think your listeners are quite well aware of what the difference is between the two of us are. Sure. Do you, can everybody just notice how you interrupted me trying to do my poem? That's really... Do you know what? I'm not even sure I can do it anymore. I'm so broken. I feel a bit vulnerable now. I've made myself vulnerable and naked. Now we can have yours. Okay. It's called Bean Licking. Sleek body sharp wings, dark barred white underparts, a wandering voice. This is uh, haiku. Wandering. I think it was meant to be a haiku, but I think I might have done really bad maths. Yeah, it does. This is a perfect haiku. Well, you put me to shame. That was beautiful. Thanks. I didn't put you to shame. Your piece was beautiful too. It wasn't some, a ah, for somebody that's losing their job, I think you stepped up really well. And you're not losing your job. We've all worked hard for you to keep your job. Nobody. Who's we? Everybody involved in this podcast. We've had tweets. We've just not mentioned them. We've had emails of support. <laughs> uh, even your maid, your maid that doesn't even speak English, reached out. But we don't need to, let's not share any of that. Let's just everybody be secure that you've got a probation period. As long as I get through the masterclass with you on how to make a podcast. And obviously you need to do your technical refreshment course. I've got some feedback. You want to do some feedback? Want to know how much you love us? Then give us feedback. Feedback. It's from Catherine the Greater, who seems to be our third listener. And she says, I use the breathing tip for children when listening to the football section. <laughs> I use the breathing tip for children when listening to the football section. Thanks for the technique. So that's from Catherine the Greater. Is that your feedback section? Yes. I'd like to let you know at this point that I've eaten half the smoked cheese. Yeah, I saw you. So let's have the new football jingle then. Okay. Football with Danny Stevie.
what's difficult about this podcast is that, is that I don't even want to eat the cheese. All I'm doing is emotionally compensating. Because I'm lacking any sort of connection, basically I'm overcompensating by eating smoked cheddar. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, then we can now segue again into Jesse. <laughs> segue? Why is everything a shag? Well, apparently I had my hands down my trousers. Yeah, well, you've had your hands down your trousers a good few times. <laughs> Which I don't think is appropriate at the best of times, let alone when your job is in jeopardy. Your job is in jeopardy. That sounds like an actor's exercise. I don't know. I didn't train. I know. It's fine. But you're going to do a technical freshman course, so that's exciting. Yeah, but that's not speaking, is it? I don't know. What is it that you technical people do? Do you do talking to each other or not? Well, you know, go. If your body lacks calcium, the first place it will rob the calcium from is your back and hips. Sometimes it's the hip breaking that causes someone to fall and not the fall that causes the broken hip. See, what would if we'd been better podcasters, that would have been before uh, Deborah from Fitties, who was asking you to bring your sexy cast trolley. Because, uh, obviously, if you've got a sexy cast trolley, you're not going to fall over, and hopefully, you're consuming enough calcium. You're not going to do any bone breaking, but if you were, you'd have a sexy cast trolley. Yeah, I'm using Lisa's calcium filled soap, then, isn't it? That that's very good that you're using Lisa's calcium filled soap. Mm. everybody's so grateful for that right now should we have a sex fact yes nice bear with me caller sex fact sex fact here's a sex fact have more sex at home and you can get a better job have more sex at home and you can get a better job better job have more sex at home and you can get a better job which part of that that mean? understand None of it. Clearly, if you're having good sex, you're better at your job, you're more creative, you're more effervescent, you're more spontaneous. It's just a ridiculous statement that means nothing. Is this why you're having such a crap job at the moment? Listen, if you... I don't, if you want to ask... Don't wave your hand at me like that, that's very aggressive. What bit are you confused with? So everybody who's got fantastic jobs is all also having a lot of sex at home. If you want to do better at work, then have more sex at home, yes. What scientific proof is there behind that? Having sex might not get you your next promotion. However, it turns out that having a happy sex life is linked with improved job satisfaction and greater engagement at work. Both of which, of course, can help advance your career. According to a study done by Oregon State University. Oh, well, if Oregon State University. Oh, it's just ridiculous. I know. Yeah, again, you're slagging off our artists. Can you see how you demean our staff? You did. Do you know what? On your growth and development email that you sent management, you didn't say anything about engaging in, with the staff in a different way. That bit I'm really disappointed about. So basically, you're lying around. Sorry. Basically, you're laying around all day doing nothing because... You're not having sex at the moment. So, yes, I can see the correlation in your life. Touche. Can we do the promote? Genuine promote. 
or indulgent gloat. Right, I'm just tossing the coin. Heads. Genuine promote. Whoop, whoop. So my genuine promote is for Simon Kier, who is the Denmark captain. He saved Christian Eriksen's life because he ran over, uh, did CPR on his teammate. And not only did he clear his airwaves until the medical team came on, he then went and consoled his wife in the stands. So my genuine promote is not only for that amazing man, but it's also for any country that teaches the importance of CPR and teaches how to do CPR to their children and their young people, which you know an awful lot of countries do, not the UK, interestingly enough. So big up any countries that are teaching CPR to their children and young people. That is my genuine promote. I've got some drilling to do. You hate this country so much. Why do you continue living here? To be with you. High school of math for the ping ping and bada 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 bunker bunker bunker. I'm gonna have to open the window. Sorry, I'm just dying in here. Go on. I've just opened the window because it's so hot in this room. So if there is background noise of birds tweeting, it's because I've opened the window. And let's everybody be clear, he wasn't mincing. Can someone remind me what the conditions are for my continued probation period as co-presenter on this podcast? Because I wasn't listening. That was Nothing to See Here with Darren and Stephen, the probation episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. There's one thing I've always thought about you, Stephen Thompson. It's that you are very hot. First time I met you, I thought, he's very hot. No, you didn't. No. I thought, Oh my God, there's my granddad. And then I realised my granddad was dead. Whoop, whoop.